Hello and welcome back to the Billy Sears Club. I'm Caleb Clark. I'm Leo Gacy. And thanks for tuning in. Today we've got two lovely albums for you folks. We have 4 by 4 and Er, and also Suki Suki Daisuki by... You're slightly more familiar with Japanese uh, names. Is it Shun or Yun? It's uh, Jun Togawa. Jun Togawa. Yeah. Suki Suki Daisuki by Jun Togawa. Yeah, so Leo, who are these foreigners? Uh, well, the Foreigner is a British-American rock band that was uh, formed in NYC in 1976. Uh, so they decided <laughs> on that name because uh, I believe half of them are British and half of them are American. And they thought, huh, it's kind of funny that half the band is Foreigners no matter where we go. Uh, then they decided to name themselves that. Uh, so they had a few albums in their, uh, the belt. They already done their sort of titular album, Foreigner. Um, before uh, two original members ended up leaving. Uh, and so by, but by that time, though, when they made four in 1981, uh, they had some notoriety, but not as much international notoriety as they would grow to have, specifically because of this album. Um, I believe, I mean, the album hit number one in the U.S. and number two in Canada. It was pretty high up in, like, U.K., Germany, and Australia. Um, I know uh, a few of them hit like top tracks. Uh, I believe um, "Waiting for a Girl Like You" did surprisingly well in Germany. Um, I'm really shocked to see that uh, "Urgent" did distinctly better across the board than "Jukebox Hero." But like a lot of mm-hmm. these songs in general, kind of led to a lot of the band gaining uh, more of their fame overseas. Uh, this one, in general, like. Most people have probably heard at least one of the songs on this track. Chances are it's going to be either Urgent or Jukebox Hero, but it wouldn't be surprising if most people have heard one of the other songs, too. It's a pretty sort of classic, uh, like, poppy rocky uh, album. It's got very nice, clean... uh, Vocals, I mean, clean the sense that the, the vocal mixing is really good and it's very well enunciated, even though uh, the vocalist, uh, I believe his name is, ha ha ha, oh, Lou Graham. Uh, Lou Graham has a very interesting style. It kind of like, I think that's one of the interesting things that's actually weirdly similar between these two albums is mm-hmm. one of the interesting, unique things about the sort of vocal stylings is there feels to be a bit of like forcing of the vocals for both Lou Graham and uh, Joan Tagawa uh, in very different ways. Cause like Joan has oh, yeah. like very stylistic, like in an almost like childish way of like forcing the vocals. Um, oh. Like not in a bad way. Like it is very, uh, it's really interesting, but like <laughs> Lou as well. And kind of like almost that the, this pl- platonic ideal of like, this early 80s, late 70s uh, sort of new wave kind of rocky vibe of like pushing uh, his voice and sounding kind of almost warbly at a few points or sounding kind of almost raspy. Uh, Like he's just forcing all of the words out of his lungs. Um, And a lot of people I noticed because I was particularly interested uh, in looking at other people's reactions to some of these songs because this is such a, a classic album. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of it as a whole? Yeah, that's definitely a fair point. He does have that, you know, 
the general sort of 80s, I guess, descendant of blues rock style. You know, it's a, sort of arena rock where you're trying to scream the things out so it's heard by thousands and thousands of people. Uh, you know, generally, I guess it's not my general cup of tea, this album. Uh, <clears throat> I would say it was never, like, particularly bad, but the high points for me weren't as big. It was sort of a... It was sort of a, like, to me, maybe it's one of those things that I found I'm listening to it in the wrong, you know, context. Like, I'm not listening to it on the radio as I'm driving, and I'm not, like, at a concert. I'm listening to it on my headphones while I'm walking around or doing something. And it's a very different experience than if you were, you know, seeing them live and such. Uh, it was okay. It was, like, a, it was what you picture when you picture, like, a very early 80s rock to me. But it, no, had, I, it had good points. It had good points. That's fair. And no, like I, I think as well, like hearing that like from you as well, it about the whole context, I think that that's such an important part of it too. It's just like yeah. once again, like looking at people's reactions to that. Like mm -hmm. this was obviously a, a popular album that of our parents and even older, um kind of day and age and like hearing people talk about it in their own context i think yeah. makes it especially pertinent i was thinking about uh, there's this one interesting study talking about like what age you're at where like the music that you listen to that that age really sticks mm -hmm. with you and it's like i forget where it is i think it's between like mid teens and early 20s is like that that's yeah kind of like the music you listen to then is like the stuff that's going to be really sticking with you and yeah. so i think that part of context is important and i think as well just like some of the songs are meant to be like really hype or like very much just like oh you're like at like some dance or some club like looking for someone and mourning about a girl who lives on the moon um i do love <laughs> that um uh, I do love that uh, metaphor, though. That's really funny. Of just like uh, basically, uh, but you know what? Actually, I'll go to Girl on the Moon uh, later on. I you said that we want to do this track by track, so let's get tracking. Oh, oh, we can jump around. I'm good to start well, with Girl. Well, sure. Let's start with Girl on the Moon. I. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for, like, cute metaphor, but I, I thought it was genuinely, like, really sweet, this sort of idea of, like, well, we had a chance meeting, and I have no idea where she is now, so she might as well be on the moon, but I can be with her in my dreams. And it's a, it's a very, like... I liked that one actually better than Luann because there are some parallels between that one. But I think that it was perhaps a little less intense. Um, I, I think that like the little bit of like electric sort of like the little slides and like the little, I don't know how else to describe it, but there's a lot of stuff in Foreigner that I refer to as 70s, 80s space music. Um, <laughs> where there's some like little like trills or like slides on like an electric piano or something that sounds very space and they <laughs> use space metaphors that's space music um and i yeah. love these 80s space music because yeah. it, it just it 
it has this sort of fun kind of mystical dreamy feel to it uh i think this one is like it's pretty good i don't say it's the best example of it but i enjoyed Mm -hmm. it and it was it was interesting seeing a lot of uh reactions to this one of kind of like people like reminiscing kind of about uh being young kind of like dancing to this in like club dancing to this in like clubs with their friends and stuff there mm-hmm. there seemed to be a lot less specific stuff that this brought up for people but it did seem to be um a uh song that people were at least generally fond of yeah yeah uh, that's definitely fair like the you know space yeah. music is a fun style of music and i could i could see it being pretty solid for people i i will be honest i i wasn't huge on this one i i am a sucker for a yearning song but it's like this one was just a really really basic one to me like when i was listening to it like the lyrics were all you know like uh i really miss that girl i'm lonely now and then the course is just him saying girl on the moon over and over and over again and it just got a little bit run into the ground that's that's really fair no i I think it's another thing that's kind of interesting that's both good and bad about like mood music which i'm (laughs) going to call it of just like certain kinds of like stuff that sticks around not just like in one's personal consciousness in the public consciousness there has to be a certain degree i think of really universal appeal of mm-hmm. kind of like hitting this sort of very simple mood so you can kind of like like mood music is the stuff like what you said like the context of just like i'm not listening to this while driving around a club which is like all of this is like where it's supposed to be in the background this isn't like a song mm-hmm. you're supposed to listen to yeah just like for its own sake listening lying down on the couch um, yeah. it's just like it's supposed to be going on while something else is happening i feel like a lot of songs on this album feel like they're supposed to be happening in a movie um <laughs> like they're supposed to be happening as like accompaniment to something else and i think i think that's an interesting thing about songs that are like a memorable like different points in a person's life is because sometimes like it is very much like narrative songs or songs that you kind of like slow down and really listen to appreciate the lyrics but sometimes it's just like this is a song that was happening at like at as the background to some specific memory um and i feel like that's that's part of the the lasting appeal uh Mm. especially with a song like this one because no i i agree like i liked it but it definitely wasn't one of theirs that stuck out to me more yeah Um, Yeah. i think oh sorry Oh no no no! You go. Oh, you you finished that. You finished that. I'm I'm finished. Oh okay, yeah. So as far as this one, I could definitely see that like, it's more the vibe associated with it that gets people going than the like words to it. And it does definitely have you know that moody feeling to it. You know, it's very you know, sort of nocturnally and you know. It's a, it's one of their slower paced ones. I get and I can see why people will connect to it. I just wish there was 
more to it because I think they're you can still have the songs that connect but have you know more connection or a like more hook to it like a for an example one of the songs that I really like uh the song Missing by Everything but the Girl talked about it a couple years ago on the show with my mom but uh that one's also one about you know missing someone but it gets a lot more precise with the details and the feelings and it's and it's like it's also got a very simple chorus but it's like a one that's connects the feeling more where it's like I'll be missing you like the deserts miss the rain like I feel like that song can hit on this feeling and it was hugely successful so I think there is definitely a place for the music I this song I guess it's just like I feel like you could have done more. Why don't you try harder, foreigner? This is why people are xenophobic towards the British. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I agree. I think there, I think there generally there there are some spots in it was like, um, there's there's some definitely some like good little spots in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I agree. I think they could have done more with the chorus, uh, mm-hmm. and like there there are some other tracks that they have that show that they really can do uh, mm-hmm. a lot of interesting stuff um, or yeah. at least at least more interesting stuff with their lyrics but for this one I think they it kind of went for more general appeal uh, yeah. an interesting song I think this one was similar to on the track was it's interesting that this one compared to Luann um, <laughs> yeah. whereas in Girl on the Moon it's just like I met this girl and then I, I don't know where she is. She's basically on the moon. I must dream about her. And Luann is like, I have been trying to hunt this woman down. Where is she? I have searched the town for her. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite a jump. They, they have a lot of different personas that they put on throughout this album. They, they don't exactly tie themselves down to one authorly voice i guess that is an interesting thing to me is like because there's there's a lot of bands i mean who normally do that sort of thing (laughs) um but like that there's their sound is definitely more congruent but yeah no they they definitely have a different voice and uh a lot of the songs was interesting for even like the same album um Mm -hmm. because you know like so luann is uh for our audience perspective uh, while Girl on the Moon is the quintessential longing song of someone who met a woman and then she is somewhere else and he has no idea it's sort of a happenstance meeting, um, Luann, at least from the author's perspective, um, this guy is under the impression that this is a very shy woman uh, um, or girl because they, they are in school. Uh, yeah. So they... they uh, we're supposed to meet after school. They had like one date, but then she ran away, and he has been searching over the whole town for her, writing all these letters that he hasn't sent, just thinking about what he's going to say to her. Um, just kind of like cannot get her off of his mind, and is just obsessively looking for her. Um, very, very different vibe. Uh, I like a bit more than <laughs> a lot more of like the jangly guitar. Uh, I, I, the, it's interesting that there's there's a few of the songs they do the the audio mixing kind of different onto the songs. Some of them the vocals are 
quite loud compared to the uh, score in the background. Mm -hmm. This one is a lot closer together. I <laughs> have mixed feelings on this one. Um, what do you think? Well, yep, it's it's basically uh, it's a power pop stalker song, and you know it's got sure. these big, yeah, big up beat, you know, guitar and drums as they're like. Why do you run and hide from me? I want to see you. It's, it's, yeah. It's that good old lyrical distance that I love so much. Like on that Stevens song that we talked about a while back. Yeah. yeah. No, it, I, I'm just imagining though, I want to hear a song from hers, but I expect that I'm just like, yeah, I wasn't into it. And then I ghosted. He's <laughs> looking for me ever since. <laughs> Wait, maybe it's, Maybe Luann is the girl from the Steven song, and Steven is the guy from the Luann song. Oh my god. <laughs> they're mutual, they're stalkers. <laughs> uh, honestly, you know, love wins. Stalker for stalker. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I like this one a lot, a lot more. This is one of the ones I like more, because there were just a lot of songs from the 80s about stalkers we'll get to a few but like you know every move you take and somebody's watching me lots of songs about you know following someone and this one you know it's you know the fun jangliness of it really sets up how you know it's a perverse kind of you know oh ho, ho the words say one thing but the music says another i like this No, I, I, I agree. I think this one definitely has more meat to it. I will say, like, narratively and lyrically, yeah. which I, I think, even if the material is questionable, uh, at least in regards to from my perspective as someone who is not listening to this just as background mood, not mood, uh, <laughs> not hot music, uh, mood music. Um, it, it's it's a little it's a more fun listen. Uh, yeah. I definitely think um, that there's a part of me that always does give the side eye to these uh, sort of songs, but it is uh, it, there is this one I found very amusing of just like oh you're so shy. It's like are you sure, buddy? Are you <laughs> sure she's just shy? <laughs> oh, you know those crazy kids following women. Following women, uh, yeah. uh, and keeping on our theme of uh, girl crazy songs, uh, oh "Waiting for a Girl Like You" was <laughs> one that I think. So I I talked to you about this before, but for our audience, part of the reason that I chose this album in particular is because it was interesting seeing people kind of talk about these songs be pertinent in their lives. <laughs> when they first listened to them. And I saw like no less than at least four separate people talk about how like, oh, this was like my and my wife's like song or like this was like, well, like I, I quoted this song to like her and then we're like, we married three years later. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. Because uh, it's just like, it's, I think there is something to be said for like, I, as much of a hipster as I can be, with my love of very specific, like, 
Scandinavian folk metal and like <laughs> niche show tunes. Um, I think there is something to be said for just kind of like, I don't know how else to put this, but normie music. Yeah. Uh, of just like, I think there's something beautiful of getting to listen to something and seeing all of these people talk about the pertinence it has in their lives and the themes in their relationships and mm-hmm. like of how that that universal appeal of like i'm really longing for love and connection and i'm really hoping this is it but i i think that love has the possibility to be so beautiful and mm-hmm. i want to know if like this is what i've been looking for and it's really mm-hmm. sweet to like have that question answered by the people who listen to it uh, yeah, it was. And like, I don't know. I think listening to it in that context, uh, as much as I'm not a huge warbly love ballad person, um, <laughs> it made me like it a lot more. Yeah. I, on the other hand, I do not care about people, so it was a much different <laughs> listening. <laughs> No, I, I care about some people. So I, some of you, I I won't, you know, detest in my heart. But uh, yeah, I I didn't have that context. It does get a lot better with that in mind. But uh, yeah, this one for me, it's on the lower end because it's like, you know, the very slow beat with you know the little electro p electric piano, little doo doos and. The song title is Waiting for a Girl Like You, but he doesn't tell us anything about this girl or what she's like. At least Girls Like You by Maroon 5 had Cardi B on a guest verse, so we could get an idea, okay, Adam Levine likes Cardi B. So that that just annoyed me to no end. But, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, when I look back at the lyrics, it's it's okay. And it's got the... The chorus melody of that's that's pretty catchy. Oh yeah, I think my problem, I guess, with it is that what I realized as I was listening to it was that a lot of the '80s rock bands had this similar setup uh, at that foreigners doing the formula of you know the hard rocking songs, but also some slower jams to you know. You know, woo the ladies. You know, like uh, Poison, do it, or is it Scorpions? I can't forget. But uh, whoever it was did "Don't Need Nothing But a Good Time," but also "Every Rose Has Its Thorns." You know that formula—the hair metal ballad versus the hair metal banger—that they're kind of going for. The thing is that Foreigner isn't nearly as passionate as those other bands, so their ballads just kind of didn't do it for me personally. They need some feeling, some passion. Angst. That's that's very fair. No, I, I think there is something to be said for once again sort of the, the idea of like quote unquote once again mood background music of just like yeah the passion's supposed to come from you on this one and then if you just yeah. like someone's casual listening is like I'm supposed to do the work oh uh, yeah heck no uh, for the kiddos at home uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. No, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. Of like, I, as also a lover of hair metal, I think there are definitely <laughs> more ballads that come from the heart 
Uh, yeah. But of ones that do come from the heart, oh I want to talk about the the song that I have been waiting for, which is Jukebox Hero, and I <laughs> love this song so yeah. much. Yeah. It is the quintessential bard song. Um, <laughs> um, like, there's something that gets me about meta music, like the music about how impactful music is. This one is also by far the most narrative of all the songs about <laughs> like this kid who picks up a guitar and then like the 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 passion that he feels in the music ends up mm-hmm. like changing him fundamentally as a person and then he becomes a musician. But then like the the, the 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 score part of the song is absolutely wonderful um <laughs> like the uh i just like the t- title even jukebox hero uh it's it's such a fun hype song um it's such a good like like this is one where i think i could just l- sit on the couch and listen to it i'd rather run around to it uh but <laughs> I get the zoomies like a cat. Uh, <laughs> the zoomies. But yeah, this is definitely... For me, it's either this one or another song that we'll probably get to in a few minutes. But yeah, this is probably one of their best songs. Because, yeah, like you say, a quintessential... The boy needs the power of rock and roll! And it's just, you know... This is the one where they show probably the most passion because it's just a really I like the construction of how you know has the build from you know the slow thump and adding in the guitars and then it goes into the big chorus of Duke Box Hero. Yeah. He's a Duke But yeah, it's. I'd like that, yeah, that's the kind of thing. It's just like I don't even need to read the comments because, like, I, I, every time this song comes on, I at least hear some people trying to sing along to it like that, and also mimicking the guitar with their mouth. Uh, yeah. And that's how you know it's a good song. Uh, it's when people try to mimic guitar lines with their mouth. Um, yeah. But uh, this, this is a patented method, by the way. Uh, you can quote me on that one. Um, but uh, no, I, yeah, very little parties have said they, this is, I think, agree, the most raw, like, passionate song on this album. Yeah. May I ask what the other song you liked the most was? Uh, well, it's, it's the, the Woman in Black. Ah, uh, that one was fun. Uh, yeah, a nice little ditty about how this guy <laughs> sees a really hot lady and is like, Awuga, she's cough. This guy is town atrocious. Uh, <laughs> I, I do love, and I will be careful of my phrasing of this, I do love the line, a uh, woman in black put a spell on me, uh, she's everything that a woman should be, and then apparently everything that a woman should be is... Um, mysterious and has complete power over him which i must admit sir similar um (laughs) it's it's a great song for that one uh of just like normally in a lot of the these other songs it's it's very much about 
Um, and this one as well, like they're, they're all about, obviously from the singer's perspective, his feelings about the woman, but like, <laughs> it is so funny how much like dissonance there is between something like Luann, where it's just like, I'm gonna hunt you down, girl. Uh, <laughs> to this one where it's just like, I tried to walk up to you, but then my mouth stopped working. Oh no, gosh, girls. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the, yeah, I, I just like that. Cause it's, you know, it's another one where when they really lean into the passion, when they have, you know, when they put together a good, you know, material to work with, I feel like they're at their peak. And this one, you, they, they are screaming their hearts out for this lady. And it's also the one where you know the most about the girl. Like the other songs, they're a bit, you know, vague about who these women are that they're always in love with. But this one, you know, she's like this this tough as nails lady who can, you know, put him in his place and he likes it like that. And it's like, you know. I'm picturing Pee Wee Herman in the biker bar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why now. It's a image of Pee Wee Herman front manning foreigner. <laughs> I don't know what the Pee Wee Herman laugh is. I haven't seen that movie in years. I. No, this, this one, this one's just solid all around. It's, we we can all come yeah. together and join hands and share a true passion for goth women. Um, yeah, it's it's also like the best rocker. Like it's the one where the guitar comes in the harshest and the rawest and gnarliest and just just the best. No, I I agree with you on that one. Like especially yeah. like the song goes on, it's 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 a banger all together. Yeah. Listen, this is one that people probably most less likely to heard of, of the album go listen to women in black especially if you're a goth lady appreciator um, <laughs> uh i will say one that was actually surprising for me that i hadn't heard before that i now <laughs> really love uh is break it up which is i think the most melodramatic uh <laughs> like of 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 this particular genre of music <laughs> of please don't leave me uh of just the the super dramatic like piano chords in the beginning it's like oh i feel like i've been betrayed and then like uh the the especially like the forcing of the vocals uh in the chorus is especially pertinent of just like it very much does sound that the uh the the begging does feel very real um i also do have an image of this song of this dude uh, making his girlfriend sit down while he performs this song for her, <laughs> uh, begging her not to leave, uh, is my mental image for this. Um, uh, which makes it a lot funnier in my mind. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, this one, I would say, of a lot of the other ones, does feel like the least mood music. Like, I could dance this in a club for sure, but like, it would feel almost a little awkward and personal, like I'm um, getting in someone's like weird uh begging their girlfriend to not break up with them. Like, mm -hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna get involved with that, but I do love to listen in because I'm nosy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, I enjoyed it. That, that that one also definitely felt more passionate to me, but that might be just me. I wanna know your thoughts on yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty fifty fifty on this one. It's definitely one of the bigger productions. You know, it's got those big riffs. You know, like dun 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 dun, 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 dun all that. It's you know, 
it's got the big sound that's, you know, very arena, almost sort of the light end of prog rock, you know. I could very easily see a Sticks or Kansas type song with this beat. I, I think the main thing is just that, like, the singer and the lyrics, I wish they, you know, I guess, I guess the thing I find about the, the writing style of this one is that it's very fundamentally sound, but a little basic. And I kind of wish that there was, like, you know, some more weird edges. Like, you know, if, like, I keep comparing them to, you know, greatest of all time bands, but, you know, like, if Queen was making a song about this or Prince was making a song about this, there would be some strange directions taken. And I think it would be, you know, it would be a very different song, but I think, like, this fundamental beat and concept could be taken, you know, in something with, you know, more theatric flair that I think would elevated even further than what it is where I'd say right now, you know, it's like good, but it's like missing the, the panache. No, I, I could buy that. I think especially there's some interesting opportunity, um, for, uh, some like, especially like near the end, because the beginning, it starts like, Oh girl, how could you do this to me? And then like later in the song, he kind of talks about just like, I know I maybe haven't been the best. It's just like, Hmm. Yeah. I feel like there could be some opportunity here to um, have that interesting contradiction pointed out uh, of like, how could you betray me? Uh, Anyway, whoops, I uh, maybe screwed up. Uh, But it doesn't feel self-aware enough to do some interesting stuff with that. So no, I I agree. I think, I think it's, it's a good, it's a musically one of my favorites and that I can really jam out to it. But I think they, they could, much like the vocals, push the lyrics a bit more. Yeah. It also doesn't help that the chorus is just shouting, uh, don't want to break it up. Why do we have to break it up? Never, ever want to break it up. I only want to make it up tonight. <laughs> just they keep saying, break it up, break it up, break it up. And it's like, this is... See, I kind of, I kind of, I maybe... Um, no, maybe I am the normie that this music is for. Um, <laughs> is, I think for this one, it kind of works for me more in terms of just like the sort of melodrama. I think the repetition works a bit more for me of like it keeping from ke- keeping it still as dance music, uh, like keeping it from going too far into the, ooh, I do feel like I am listening in on something. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's good for a solid um, angsty scream sing in the car uh, yeah. if, if your girl just left you, uh, that, <laughs> that level of repetition. But yeah. I, I, will, I will say I, I definitely... Um, I might be a little biased because also my audio processing is very bad. And so I appreciate sometimes when songs repeat because then I know what they're saying. <laughs> Are you a big fan of EDM then? They've got some. I'm actually, I, it's interesting. That's one of the few genres that I don't actually like as much. Yeah. Hmm. I've been recommended it so many times. It's like, I want to like it. I really hmm. do. It's just not me. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's a few things that I, I feel like I should like, but they just aren't me. Um, 
like being a furry. Uh, I've, I've tried. <laughs> but it's, it's not my tape. Uh, like, it's just like, have fun with your little, with your little anime dogs. But, you know, I haven't, I haven't, it hasn't spoken to me. Um, anyway, on that lovely note, um, <laughs> the, probably like the, the last big song, I'm honestly probably, if you don't mind, um, hmm. so, I'm gonna win didn't really speak to me as much as just like, dang, between this one and Jukebox Hero, this is comparatively a way more basic and way less fun pump-up song. I would rather listen to Jukebox Hero again. (laughs) (laughs) Reprise. (laughs) Put it on the album three times. Do it. (laughs) You won't, cowards. Um, But I urge it is that's another one everyone's heard this one but i hadn't really listened to the lyrics more before i just don't remember the goes so urgent um and like the chorus over and over again but it is interesting because the beginning of the song i very much thought it was going to be just like a lot more insecure than it ended up being because it kind of talks about this this woman who has these very passionate but short flings and goes with someone else and kind of like thinking about like, are you thinking about someone else? But then like in some of the later uh, verses, he kind of talks about like, he, he feels that way too. And so I feel like it kind of turns from being, uh, I, I need you like to, to get my hooks in you so that way you don't go to any other dudes to like, I need to make sure I can get all of the love in before the passion dies out for both of us. Um, and I like that a lot better. I think, um, like, I like the, I like that it's, it does a good job of, like, showing this passionate love that, and, like, this intense and short-lived love that it feels like it's an emergency, like, you, you have to, like, show it right now, but that doesn't necessarily come from an insecure place, and is a little more self-aware, and I enjoy that, I will say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, this was one of the ones that I didn't have as many thoughts about. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this girl, you know, she's, you know, she's hot and she wants to have boyfriends and I'm fairly hot. And then there's the sax solo. And also they keep saying urgent over and over. That was, excuse me. Yeah, the, this was one of the ones where the really repetitive choruses got to me. And also the saxophone solo was, I don't know. I wish they had taken it more places than it went, but, you know, it's not bad. It's just, you know, bah. The saxophone solo was mid. Um... <laughs> You're no Big J McNeely. Get out of here. No, I, I think... Once again, I think it's also definitely a matter of, like, context. Well, this is one I grew up listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, like, it was, it's partially especially nice because it's like, oh, that that was better than I expected in terms of, like, the the lyrics. If I think, once again, especially as compared to some of the other songs in the album, there's a lot of different perspectives going on here. And there's a lot of, and we'll see this especially in John Takawa's work, there's a lot of kind of obsessive passion. Um, 
in a lot of different ways. And like in Girl on the Moon, it's in a very dreamy way. Uh, in Luann, it's in a very stalkery way. Uh, but like in this one, I think that it's one of my favorites because it's clearly so mutual and it's mm-hmm. so like, it's comparatively, despite its like brief passionate nature, it is more mature in that regard of just like, yeah, you know, like we're, we're both on the same page here. Um, <laughs> like, and I, I'm aware that this is on the clock, but we both can't get enough of each other. And so we're going to enjoy that while it lasts. And I think that mm-hmm. of all of those obsessive passion songs, I think I like that one the most. And I think uh, it's very fitting that this is the one that has, I think, stood the test of time in regards to how many people know it so well, even if it is a bit basic lyrically. Uh, and I think that's part of what, like, not necessarily that what makes it good, but what makes it people to remember it if that makes sense, yeah. the difference. Yeah, totally. My gosh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's the last big one that I think I really wanted yeah. to talk about. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to win was kind of uh, a little mid for me. And I don't, I like the, the, the chorus, like the, like vocally and don't let go. But also, <laughs> wow, that relationship seems kind of toxic like <laughs> that's another one where it's just like you're thinking a lot about what love can be and everything you say about what relationship is sounds bad like i don't know you i'm not gonna just say like you should break it up break it up oh sorry i have to do it uh, yeah. but yeah. like you start off with she doesn't listen to you and then she feels like you don't care about her passions and work too much like, I do love the line, like, I love the shit that has the sails a little torn. All we need to do is sew them up and we can weather the storm. It's just like, wow, that'd be so much more of a beautiful line in a song where it feels like the relationship is good and we're saving. And, like, and this is actually, this particular is a song where it's like, oh, wow, you can do a lot with the lyrics, but also there was some issues with kind of fractured perspective in this song. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that is when I look back at the lyrics, it's definitely Yeah, this this doesn't seem like the happiest of couples. Uh yeah. Don't let go didn't leave too much impression on me. Like I do like just the the cheesiness of the course where it's like like that just the higher pitched voice like that was, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that that was a uh, four by foreigner. Ha ha. Um, overall, once again, I I like the album. I think part of the reason I like the album is though that that context of it being important mood music for a lot of people, and like not even necessarily for itself, but for the kind of reactions in people. I will say some of the songs are much for itself, like Jukebox Hero, but like seeing the nostalgia and seeing the importance it had for others it just like it really colors i think the songs and response a lot and i think it's just like even though yeah it might be normie music but <laughs> it is it is really wonderful to feel that connection with people listening to something of 
getting to partake in something communally. That's something that I love about art is like, there is a certain degree to which like, yeah, I mean, with art, you're supposed to connect to the artist or you're supposed to connect to the message or just feel however you feel on your own. And there's a lot of different schools of thought around that. But I think there is something to be said for the, one of my favorite things about any kind of art is connecting with other people who have cared about it. Even if it's not art that I particularly love myself, but like, seeing the passion that other people have for it and seeing the importance it held in their lives always makes me love it a bit more. Yeah, that's really sweet. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, you know, a nerd in my little castle, so I didn't have as much of the connection. Uh, I did just have one last comment about the song Nightlife that starts it off. Pretty solid beat, but, like, they're so clearly... Not like these rough and tumble hooligans who run around as delinquents in the night. That it was a little bit silly, especially with the line, not a bird, not a plane, I'm just a mean old night owl, which is a type of bird. So it's, you know, it's silly. But, you know, overall, it's cheesy. It's got its charms. It's got, you know, its low points. But overall, I'm not mad at it. Nice. No, that one, I'll admit, that one didn't do it for me as much. Uh, that line's hilarious. Uh... <laughs> But uh, I, I'll admit that one didn't do it for me. Um, yeah. I think part of it is because I didn't see any particularly interesting stories in the comments. It was more just like, oh, gee, I love foreigners. It's like, I mean, <laughs> me too. But uh, go off. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> you didn't see anyone be like, oh, man, I remember robbing my first ATM to this song. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we should uh, in Minecraft, uh, Rob and I can get the end of this one, uh, so we have good memory. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for bringing that one aboard, are you? That was that was our discussion of Four by Foreigner, and stay tuned to hear about Suki Suki Dai Suki by Jean Togawa. <laughs> <laughs>